Hi, I'm Dina. Hi, I'm Shannon. Welcome to our new podcast. Hold on. Allow us to re-thrift-reduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Dina. You know that feeling when you score a great deal and want to share it with everyone you know? That's how a thrifter feels all the time. We're two treasure-hunting friends who proudly reply to compliments with, Thank you, it was thrifted far too often and the only thing we love more than hunting for thrifted gems is growing and connecting with a secondhand community we're here to share our secondhand life and style tips finds and stories we hope you'll stay a while Hi everyone, it's Dina. Welcome back. We have a very exciting episode for you today, but before we get started, we have a few updates. First, we want to thank everyone who has listened to the podcast, and we want to thank everyone that has sent us kind messages and left thoughtful reviews on iTunes. You don't realize how much that makes our day. This is truly a passion project for us, and it means so much to us that you welcomed us into your homes, cars, and headphones. So with that in mind, if you listen on iTunes and you love what you hear, we would appreciate it if you rated the podcast and gave us five stars. Positive ratings, believe it or not, helps us become more visible in iTunes. It helps us with our rankings. And more importantly, it helps us connect with fellow secondhand enthusiasts like yourselves. If you followed the Instagram account, Reduce, we encourage you to follow us on Dina's Days instead for more frequent updates. Since the podcast sort of lives on the Dina's Days blog, we found it's more efficient for us to maintain and update one account. And so let us know that you're following us on Dina's Days because of the podcast so we can follow you as well. And lastly, this is our season finale. We are going to be taking a few short weeks off to sort of recharge our creative juices and we'll be back with a new season very soon. Keep an eye out on the blog, Instagram, and email if you're signed up for that for a season two release date. In the meantime, if you have questions or topic ideas, we would love to hear them. Please reach out to me on Instagram or email, which is listed in the show notes and on the blog, dinasdays.com slash podcast. All right, let's get into today's episode. A couple weeks ago, we went to Goodwill Akron's headquarters and we sat down with Didi Kalora, vice president of their retail operations, for an in-depth behind-the-scenes look at Goodwill. We asked Didi a bunch of questions. When is the best time and day to shop? How often do they restock? What happens to my stuff after I donate it? How do they feel about resellers? And I was also very curious to know if the increase in our fast fashion consumption has had an impact on them. And we all want to know about Marie Kondo. Keep listening to find out what we learned from Goodwill Akron. Episode 11 starts now. Hey everyone, Shannon here. Welcome back. It's Dina. We are sitting at Goodwill Akron's headquarters in Akron, Ohio, and we have a very special guest with us today, Didi Kalora with Goodwill Akron. And uh, one of the reasons why we're here today is because one of the most frequently asked questions that we get on the podcast and through my years of blogging, and especially through some of the uh, workshops that I do here at Goodwill, is what happens behind the scenes at Goodwill. What happens to my clothing when I donate my clothing. A lot of times people are very surprised when we teach the workshops that there's an actual operation happening back here, that there are programs. So we wanted to just kind of sit down and get a behind the scenes scoop into uh, the Goodwill world and kind of the role that you all play in the secondhand ecosystem. Okay, wonderful. You are the Vice President of Retail Operations. Yes, that's correct. What does that mean to civilians? (laughs) (laughs) 
It, it means basically I have a vice president type uh, board of director obligations, but I'm also, I function as a district manager. I think people would better understand what a district manager is. So I go to the stores, I visit with the teams, visit with customers, make sure that the operations are running well. I do hiring. I'm always digging in treasures when I'm in the stores or loading trucks or hanging textiles. So I do a little bit of all of it. I want to talk a little bit about the impact of both purchasing and donating. So tell me a little bit about what that donation actually means and like the impact it has on Goodwill. Okay. 89 cents of every dollar that is spent in our stores on on the donations that you give uh, goes to fund the mission. It's to help individuals prepare for, find, and retain employment. Last year, we served 11,000 individuals through job training, and, and that's a little bit about the behind the scenes that people don't know about. We've also helped with virtual type services. Someone might need a resume uh, updated or they need some um, coaching on how to be in an interview for a job. That's what the spending in the store funds is all of those services behind the scenes, but also to employ almost 500 people as well throughout the five counties we serve. That's wonderful. I love to see that Goodwill really does give back to the community. I think a lot of times people are thinking about themselves when they're coming here and purchasing things and why is it this price? But when you look at the impact it has on the community, you see why prices are the way that they are and that it does make a difference. It really does. It, it really is very impactful for the community, especially to be able to keep people working every day and then perform those services for people that have disadvantages. And that's one thing I don't want to lose sight of. So we were just talking in the last episode about how mainstream secondhand shopping has become. And I really think that in the next decade, we're going to see a boom that we have not seen. And so I definitely don't want to lose sight of that. And I think this is part of the reason why we're here today. We wanted to bring in like a major player in all of this. You know, a lot of times when we drop off our donations, we just do not think twice about it. We're just glad that it's out of our out of our homes. And we don't realize that once you drop it off at that window or at that door, that's when the process starts, right? Yes. So tell, tell us a little bit about that whole cycle. So the process does start with the donation. We accepted about 24,000 tons of donations in 2018. Wow. From 460,000 donors. That's a lot. Yeah. And that's just our agency. Uh, the five counties that we serve. Wow. 460,000 donors, 24,000 tons. 24,000 tons. You know what my brain immediately does? <laughs> the one ton is 2,000, and I have to do 24,000 by 2,000, and then I shut off right there. <laughs> That's like way more than I would have. Like, I don't even <laughs> remember all of those equivalents I'm from like, school. I'm like, what? That's one of the things I actually know. How many, how many cups in a quart? Four cups in a quart? <laughs> They're like, why are you talking about this? Is, this is- I don't math. I don't know. <laughs> I have the chart on the side of my refrigerator. So, Do you see both of their faces? Oh, They're like, God. where are we going right now? I don't want to go on this trip. <laughs> so when the donation comes in, yeah. 
we sort it. So basically, we're if if we're talking textiles, we're looking for rips, tears, stains, so anything that would stop us from putting it onto the sales floor. Can you define textile? Clothing. Okay. Uh, or domestics like sheets and things okay. of that, that nature. That all counts so, as, as the same category. Yes. So if it does not make it onto the sales floor because of a rip, then it will go into the salvage stream. That's another way that we fund our mission. And people will purchase salvage to make it into other things. So they will they will take the textiles and shred them up and make it a stuffing for a dog toy or a pillow or something along that line. That's so smart. I never thought about it after it became salvage, what, yeah. what the process was. That's really neat. Yeah, it's, it's really to, to try to keep things out of landfills mm-hmm. so that we are, are helping with our ecosystem instead of hurting it. Do you feel like... Do you ever get too many salvage items? Like, is there is how much is too much, or does that not exist? No, it it doesn't really exist for us. And I think that we have a very good balance because once it's in the retail store, if it doesn't sell in the retail store, then we send it to the outlet mm-hmm. and sell it by the pound, and that's from from there is when it would hit the salvage market. I don't think, though, that there is a weighting towards salvage versus sellable items. So if I donate a salvaged item, mm-hmm. that skips the outlet. It goes straight into the salvage stream. Yes. And if you donate salvage items, you can separate those into a bag, as long as they don't have oil stains or things like that. But we certainly will take items that have tears or basic stains, pilled sweaters. If you put that in its own bag and write salvage on it, that helps us in our process in the back room. Yeah. I want to go back to your point about the purchasing power because this is consistently one of the most interesting topics that come up in our workshops when we do the style workshops here at Goodwill. And, you know, we've heard for so many times that like, oh, if you don't need to thrift, you really shouldn't, right? Like Mm -hmm. if there's no dire need for your family to shop secondhand, why take it away from those who actually need it? And so I just wanted to circle back to that point and 80, what what was it? How many cents? 89 cents. 89 cents of every dollar goes back to your programs. Absolutely. Yes. And I I think that the power of shopping that that you're talking about does get a little bit skewed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a girlfriend that says exactly, I don't need to shop thrift, so I'm not going to. And I'm, I've invited her into the store. She's a little bit scared. So I'm, I'm trying to teach her how, how to thrift and, and how it helps her community. She's definitely a donator. Mm-hmm. I just got to get her into the shopping world. Yeah. I love the circle, like the cycle. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that we have to pull people in that don't really want to shop here because it's sustainable for our community, because it's sustainable for our environment. I don't think people are thinking about those things when they think about goodwill. They're, they're just thinking, I don't want somebody else's old clothes, you know, but it really literally helps your environment and your community. So why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to take part in that? Especially with our environment concerns today, we're constantly looking for ways that we can give back and you can give back by shopping at Goodwill. And I never thought of it that way before. And I think that's really great. Yeah. So one of the things we, we really try to stress when we promote the podcast is that we try to cover 
the cost, creative, environmental, and community benefits of thrift shopping. So when I think of people like your friend who she sees the community benefit, she donates, she Mm -hmm. knows, you know, it's going to a good cause. Mm -hmm. I think to get non-thrifters to thrift, we really have to help them find their why and use that as their source of motivation to go thrifting. So to use my sister as an example, she is not a huge thrifter. She she likes the idea of it, but she's not going out of her way to make it a lifestyle. And so when I think of people like that, I always say, okay, what's your why? Like, what would motivate you to do it? Is it because you want to save some money? Sometimes for a lot of my readers on the blog, sometimes it's a creative aspect. Like I'll get messages of people saying, I'm in a huge style rut or like I'm in a transition size. Like I just had a baby or I lost a lot of weight or I gained a lot of weight and I'm just trying to find a new creative outlet. They'll say like, how do I do that at the thrift store? So I just love to hear, you know, different reasons why people feel motivated to thrift shop. And I think I think we all have one. We just have to really reflect on what that is. So back to my sister, you know, they looked at their household budget and she's like, dude, we're spending way too much money on clothes. And she's like, how can I buy some of my nephew's clothes secondhand? And I was like, well, you know, you could try like consignment stores and things like that and then work your way up to a traditional retail thrift store. Yes. All right, Dee Dee. Yes, Shannon. <laughs> Myth or fact, Goodwills in more affluent neighborhoods have better stuff. We have five attended donation centers. We call them ADCs in areas that, uh, that, that don't have a retail store, a retail Goodwill. So that would be like those trucks that we see in church yep. parking lots and things like that? Absolutely. So you can take your, your donations there. I think that in more affluent neighborhoods, we could see better quality items coming in, yes. We do get great treasure from from all of the areas that we're in, but those attended donation centers will all come back to our distribution center and then get shared with all of our agency. So we could have some something come in to the Hudson attended donation center and it could end up in Ashland because of the way our distribution works. So we share the wealth with all of the stores. Is this a consistent practice across all Goodwills in the United States? So the the ones that I know of, the ones that I have had communication with and or have visited, share in that, that practice of taking in donations through the ADCs and then sharing them with all of their stores or a good portion of their stores. Mm-hmm. Because not one store could handle an entire attended donation center's donations. We do get a lot coming through our back doors for donations, but our our attended donation centers are very busy as well. So let's talk about Hudson for a minute. There is not a retail store in Hudson, so we have to take it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, And so not one store could handle all of those donations. That's why we disperse them throughout the agency. So there are some stores that can sustain their sales without having to take any product from the distribution center. Those would probably be the stores that that would not get items from attended donation centers. Didi, can you tell me what five counties you do serve? Yes, we serve Summit, Portage, Medina, Ashland, and Richland counties. Is this Akron, Waterloo Road, Goodwill the largest in your five counties? It is, yes. 
Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the color tagging system. This is very common knowledge for a lot of thrifters, but we do have a lot of non-thrifters who listen to the podcast, and so uh, non or new thrifters. And so we want to talk a little bit about that behind-the-scenes process, because there are a few things that I recently learned um, about the color tagging system as well, and I've been thrifting like my whole life. So I drop off my donation at Goodwill. It gets processed in your retail store in the back, and then it gets tagged with a little color barb we call it a barb a barb yes interesting let's let's talk about barb (laughs) okay so tell me about that process how how does that work logistically basically after the the product is sorted it's hung on a hanger if it's a textile and then um, we have a five color rotation system so depending on the week we are uh, barbing a specific color so yesterday we were barbing green which means in four weeks, that item is gonna be half price. It goes half price during the fourth week on the sales floor. So is green out on the floor right now? Green would be on the floor right now, yes, but it's what we just finished barbing, so it's still full price. Okay. And then in three weeks, that, that item will be half price. If I make a donation on Saturday, when is it gonna end up on the floor? Well, that depends on the season. So if we are in a slower season, it could literally be on the floor the same day. Uh, Furniture and larger items hit the floor the same day in most cases. Textiles might take a little longer. It might take a couple weeks for that to, to get to the sales floor. We like to rotate as quickly as we can but during a busy season it doesn't always happen like that it, it slows us down a little bit because there is so much coming in through the back door yeah what's considered your busy season busiest season if you consider yard sale season that's when people are cleaning out so spring and summer and then of course, New Year's Eve is the busiest day of the year. What, why? Because people want their receipt to oh, file with their taxes. Yep. Yeah. I never knew that. That's why in the first or second episode, remember you were saying that you your favorite time to shop is right after Christmas. Yeah. It's because all of those end of year donations came in. Oh my gosh, I never even thought, like put those two things together. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so when you say busy season, is spring and summer because everybody's cleaning everything out. Are you saying busy for Goodwill because you're bringing so much in? Is it busy on the floor as well? Yes, it's it's both really. We can be busy all year though. It depends just on how quickly we get product out to the sales floor. If you're a diehard thrifter, you're probably in the store every day, sometimes multiple times per day. And then, you know, we also see thrifters that will go store to store to store. And if you get product out consistently and quickly, there's more to to buy. So we can really drive sales if we continue to put the the product out quickly. Mm -hmm. One of the most common questions I get on Dina's days is when should I thrift? So that kind of answers that question that there really is no, there is no set day or time you're constantly putting stuff out on the floor. There might be busier see some seasons that are busier than others just because of the way things flow with retail and closet cleanouts and spring cleaning and holiday cleaning. And, but pretty much there's no set time. There's no magic formula. There is not. 
we try to, we actually set a timer in the back room to remind us to take something to the sales floor because we try to get something out every 15 to 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Just to, I didn't know that. <laughs> straight just to keep it gold. That is a stent. Yeah. That is goodwill gold right there. I just put it in the back of my head that I need to get here and like kind of hang out and watch that door open, see what's coming out. Well, yeah, one of my favorite times to shop is right when you open. Not because there's better stuff. It's just there's a different vibe in here. It's quiet. It's calm. Yeah. There's They're rolling things out. There aren't a million people attacking the, you know. Um, the new stuff on the floor. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when, when they roll that, that rack out <laughs> and it's sitting there and they you know they might have to go do something else and come back to yep. it like they're still in the process of hanging it yes do they care if we look through it we love that you look through oh it. i always worry i'm <laughs> always too. like no. i hope they don't catch me looking through this right now or rummaging through yeah. this junk right now we love it because oh. then that's less work for us yeah. to do oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah oh my God. we don't have to put it away oh, yeah. i always try to sneak it don't sneak it just oh. get it oh. just do it okay. some of the best stuff i have ever thrifted at state road during the afternoon, like it's usually between 12 and 1, and they, they're like, we have a bin of shoes coming up on the elevator. I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and it's like not picked over. It's like a fresh batch of pre-loved shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Thrift Christmas. <laughs> it is. <Thriftiness>. And I, <laughs> exactly. We're going to do a 12 days of thrifting in, in the holiday season what? in December, so... Oh, that sounds It'll fun. be a, a 12 days of, of shopping and savings. Oh, my gosh. So every day is different while you're in here? Yes. So do, you just, do you only find out if you come in? I haven't decided that yet. <laughs> oh, like, like you have to be in here to find out the deals, deals, deals. Oh, that's, that's a good idea, though. Yeah. Fun. Oh, that's a, that is fun. Oh. Shannon loves shopping mysteries. Yeah, I do. It's so much oh, fun. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So we didn't talk that much about housewares. So very similar process to our clothing. Uh, it's sorted based on quality, and then we price it with a uh, grease pencil. It's just basically a, a pencil that wipes off of, of the housewares when you buy it. And they're brought out on these metal carts. That's one of the fun things for me. I was at Twinsburg yesterday, and, and I was helping them price and take items out to the sales floor, and they're really loud. And you see the people, the customers start to kind of tiptoe up. And um, it, it's fun for me because then I get to engage with customer, customers and tell them, come on, you know, it, this is the good stuff. It's coming out. But it's it's very similar process to what we do with our textiles. Same color rotation, same fourth week, it's, it's half price. And then whatever doesn't sell in the retail stores then would move on to the outlet. Uh, my question with housewares is when do you know when you're going to put it in a set and when do you know you're going to mark everything by itself? If things are like items, like dishes, we will try to put them into a set. Unfortunately, we don't sell a lot of sets. Okay, that makes sense to me because I often like see a bunch of things and I'm like, why is this not all in a set right now? I want to pay $10, not $1 each. <laughs> so typically when we put dishes into a set and price it as one price, they don't sell. Oh. It's, it's typically when we price them individually and that just has come from learning throughout mm -hmm. the years on what sells and what doesn't sell. Okay, that's interesting. As a shopper, that is so weird to me. I know. Like, why Why would I want one purple plate? Yeah, like, never. I would want four or eight or mm -hmm. six or right. ten. Mm -hmm. 
The outlet, on the other hand, the customer really likes to purchase in sets because it's by the pound. And also, it's very interesting to me that our customers do not like things in boxes. So if we get brand new items, they want it out of the box. I rarely see things in boxes at, at thrift stores. The other day I bought a pair of shoes that were new in box at another thrift store, not a Goodwill. And I even I was like, this is weird. Like, <laughs> this doesn't feel natural to me that I'm taking a whole box home with a pair of shoes in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's I don't funny. know what it is, but that's something that I had to learn as well in teaching the team is take it out of the box because they're not going to buy it in the box. As a reseller, though, I would love to have that box. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of new goods, can you help us understand the idea of new goods being at Goodwill? Sure. Uh, so no, new goods are items that we purchase to resell. And we have based our purchasing on items that customers are looking for, but they can't necessarily find all the time, or items that are seasonal that we just don't get a lot of. So that's why we'll see a bunch of furniture here from Target? Absolutely, okay. yes. Or our mattresses that we sell. Oh. Those are new goods, we purchased those. Okay. And we started doing that about three years ago because we were consistently getting questions about mattresses. Hmm. And we don't always get mattresses in the best condition. Right. And so we found a vendor that Actually, they're refurbished mattresses. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so he buys them in bulk. He takes all of the fabric off and recycles it, makes sure that all of the insides of the mattresses are are in working order, and uses the chemical Sterifab because we have to Sterifab all furniture with stuffing according to Ohio law. Mm -hmm. And then he puts all new fabric on top of it and Sterifabs it again. And then we purchase those from the vendor and, and we sell them in the stores. Wow, that's amazing. What's the approximate price of a refurbished mattress here at Goodwill? So you can get a queen size double-sided pillow top for about $240. My kids have these mattresses and love them. Oh, so. that's wonderful. Because yeah. I know that that's something that every family needs. And it's a really hard to save and have new mattresses for all your everyone in your family. Absolutely. Can you use a coupon on mattresses? You cannot use coupons on new goods because it's items that we purchase. So speaking of new goods, one complaint we hear pretty consistently from, I would say, diehard thrifters is that the new goods are too expensive. So how do you determine that price? So we determine the price based on a set margin that that we're looking for. And we really do run the, the stores like a typical retail store. So any retailer that you go to has a set margin that they're looking for out of their items. I think though, the thing that they're not thinking about on the back end is the new goods supports the mission. Mm -hmm. We determine that price based on a margin that we're looking for. And typically I don't know that people understand that we are purchasing them and, and that we are trying to get the best value to support the mission. We're not, you know, our our business is not to gouge people. Mm -hmm. Our business is not to make the most money off every item that comes into the store. We're trying to really make sure that we can offer fair pricing on items and, and support the mission successfully. 
How often do you reevaluate the pricing structure? Once a year. Once a year, we'll do comparison shopping. So we'll go to not only other thrifters, but we'll go to Walmart, Target, places like that in order to see, you know, what is a short sleeve shirt selling for? What is what is another thrifter selling a pair of jeans for? When you say another thrifter, do you mean like Poshmark or? Nope, like Village Discount. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Salvation Army. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Uh, I did not know that you compared to regular retail, you compared your prices to regular retail stores. Yeah, we only do because we don't want to price ourselves out of the market. We don't want to charge more for items than you can get it at a regular retail store. Right. The difference, though, would be the quality. There definitely is is a difference in, in quality, Tommy Hilfiger versus the Walmart brand. Right, mm-hmm. right. So our pricing is, is really based on a set pricing model. And we are working to continue that into housewares as well. We have some things in housewares that are set pricing, like our forks and knives or a quarter and our, you know, small plates are 50 cents. We do have a lot of set pricing in our textiles, which is the clothing. We do not go by a good, better, best model. So some of our stores do have a very small up price area that we work on, but we try to keep it to one rack and keep it to a minimum because I don't want to give the wrong impression, again, that we're trying to gouge prices or we're trying to get the most money out of absolutely everything we sell. We've chosen to go with set pricing because it's easier for the customers. It's easier for our team members. It allows us to get product out quickly, and it's a little bit easier for people that come through programming and job training as well. Mm -hmm. They don't have to determine a price. They really have to determine the quality, get it on the right hanger, and then get that colored barb on it to go out to the sales floor. Yeah, when we teach the workshops, people, uh, new thrifters are always confused because they're like, where's the price? Like, how do I know how much these jeans cost? And I'm like, it's actually easier. Like, it's funny. Like, this is why I really want to put that out there is because people who feel overwhelmed by not finding a price tag on the item, you're actually, it's actually easier to shop at these types of Goodwills because it's a set price. All you have to do is look at the the sign at the end of the aisle and you know everything in this aisle is five or six dollars. Right. Whereas you don't have to go through each individual item and look for a price tag and then determine whether you want to buy it or not because that's kind of a deciding factor, factor for me as well. I'm like, you know, I won't spend more than X amount on a shirt or a pair of jeans. That way I know I can go to Goodwill. Jeans don't cost more than $6. I know that that's within my budget. So it helps you with spending limits and how much you want to take with you and and, and go home with that day. So recently we've had the whole condo fad. Do you know what I mean? The Netflix special? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, do you ever get overwhelmed by all the donations and don't know where your next step is because (laughs) there's so much here? And is it true? Did you get more things coming in because of this whole condo lady? To be honest, we do get overwhelmed sometimes Mm -hmm. in individual stores. All of our stores are unique. They have different size back rooms. and, And so... There are some times when the donation bell keeps ringing, and we are very thankful. But it's like, where am I going to put one more donation? <laughs> but we we have uh, processes set up so that when the stores are feeling that way, 
they call and and we can help relieve some of that for them because safety is our number one priority we want to make sure that they're they're always safe and we have guidelines set as to how much they can have in their building as far as raw donations is concerned so if they get to the point where they're feeling overwhelmed yes we do have a process for that oh that's great so maybe like the distribution center will send a truck in you know, relieve them of some of the donations and help like give it out to other places. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Okay. And as far as Marie Kondo is concerned, <laughs> we love her. We hope that she keeps helping us help <laughs> others find joy in in what they're donating. So we did see a, an uptick. It was really interesting because I might have been on a conference call with my team and they were saying, we don't what is going on? We don't know what's going on, why our donations are so high. And I said, I don't I don't know, but I bet it has something to do with this lady on Netflix. <laughs> and then it really started, you know, getting popular and the stores were hearing, oh, I just watched this Netflix special and I wanted to clean out my stuff. So oh we hear it Oh my often. gosh, wow. Yeah. Netflix really has like everybody you know, under the spell. No doubt. <laughs> or, or I guess it's Marie. Those um, are some smart did, people. Did you watch her special then or? No, no I didn't yeah, because yeah. I'm not a shopper uh-huh. and I I don't buy too much. You're the best person to work here because I would waste every single cent of my paycheck <laughs> right back on that floor. Yeah. The only thing I have an obsession with is Russian nesting dolls. Oh, that's cool. Have you ever found any here? Oh, yeah. Oh. But my whole collection is from shopgoodwill.com. So oh. they're in my office. I'll show them to yeah, you. Yeah, you have to. Really There's cool. probably 500 nesting dolls in my office. Oh. In your office here? Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to go take a picture. We're going to have to include that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to see this. Mm -hmm. Greg, the vice president of mission services, will often come into my office and accidentally bump to make all the babies fall over. Oh, that's cool. I know. (laughs) What's to see falling babies? (laughs) Falling wooden babies. Oh, my God. So, Shannon knows I have kind of an issue with the Marie Kondo fad, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that Goodwill values this influx of donations. I often wondered if the influx of donations came from Marie Kondo or if it came because it was the end of the year. And maybe it was a combination of both. Mm -hmm. My issue with that is that sometimes these kinds of fads make us view our clothing as disposable. Mm -hmm. So then we just go through these phases where it's like, you know what, who cares if I buy this? I can clean out my closet, you know, every three or four months and then we just don't really view the value of clothing as long-term anymore. Right. I've been pretty quiet about the Marie Kondo thing. Everybody's been tagging me in all this stuff about Marie Kondo <laughs> and thrift stores. And I'm like, I think it's great, but we also have to be careful and like not continue to just see our stuff as disposable. Right. right. I hear you too, because like this week might be Marie Kondo. And then, you know, in next year, it's going to be go buy everything you see. And then we're going to go rebuy everything. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel it in my bones. I feel like the next, the next wave of reality TV shows is going to be all about secondhand shopping. Like we have like the, the few here and there, like flea market, whatever flip flip Mm -hmm. and the picker guys and all that. But I think with this just wave of mainstream millennials just (laughs) totally on board with secondhand shopping i think that's going to be the next thing and then we're just going to see increases at thrift stores which i think is amazing Mm -hmm. but we also have to be careful like i was saying last time like we have to find a line between excess 
and being intentional about our purchases. So you mentioned Shop Goodwill. Yes. Shannon, are you familiar with Shop Goodwill? Not really. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it in our non-traditional thrifting methods Mm -hmm. episode. So this is like a gem for people, especially for people who do not like to dig through thrift stores. Right. There are Goodwills across the country that participate in shopgoodwill.com. And basically, it's a platform to sell items, antiques and unique collectibles. Uh, There are textiles, clothing on shopgoodwill.com great jewelry on on that site as well and it's basically an auction uh, so you put your bid in and if you can think about how a, an eBay auction works it's very similar to that so each of our stores sends in a little bit each week and again the the purchasing on shopgoodwill.com helps to fund the mission so you'll find a lot of incredible very unique items on there when they select these items for the site are they taking stuff away from the stores they are yes but our our mission is to help people prepare for find and retain employment so if they're taking things away from the stores it is to help fund the mission but you have to consider that we had 24,000 tons of donations this is such a small portion of our donations that it really if you, th- if you think about it in, in total, it's a cart a week. That's <laughs> what they're sending, just one cart. Yeah. So it, it really isn't taking away from the stores if you think about the big picture. I think that it's innovative, and I think that it's smart to keep up with the times. People are shopping online more and more. Yeah. You're getting a lot of people who are interested in the idea of thrifting but are not quite ready to step foot into your regular stores Mm -hmm. and you have a lot of collectors and antique shoppers online and it just gives us another outlet to to shop yes and i talk a lot about creating thrift routes to help make shopping secondhand a lifestyle you kind of have to create a route like you go to two or three of your favorite stores to find what you're looking for and then if you can't find them in the store i go online to try to thrift shop that's like my last chance to shop secondhand to try to find it online and if I can't find it online then I'll buy it at a regular retail store so that just gives me one more place to add to my thrift route you know what I mean like it's it's another option that I wouldn't have had otherwise and as donors if we're if we're thinking about being good stewards of of our donations I would think that if someone is donating a very unique valuable item they wouldn't want us to market for 10 bucks and put it out on the sales floor. Right. They would want us to be able to get a great value for for their item that they probably know is a, is an expensive item to help support the mission. For shopgoodwill.com, what's the coolest item that's ever been purchased? Within my time here, um, we recently had some Salvador Dali original artwork come into our Northfield location. The Northfield store That's gets just, oh my gosh. amazing oh, I go, donations. It's right by my work. I go yes. there all the time. So we put them on Shop Goodwill because again, being good stewards of donations, could you imagine if you if you donated something like that and we would put it out on the sales floor for 10 bucks? That would just be an abomination. Yes. So we put it on shopgoodwill.com and they sold for $18,000. 
I don't know if you're going to know this. What's okay. the, what do you think that would go for if it was like at an art studio or mm. something? Oh, I don't know that. But a lot more, right? I would think so if, if. Right. So, I mean, you're getting, what I'm going, like, you're getting a good deal at $18,000. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yes. I know that's a lot of money, but for yes. an art collector, yes. it's probably 100% worth it. Yes, absolutely. Wow. I can't believe that. When did that happen? Last year, the end of 2018, or, or maybe third quarter 2018, I think. I was, was. right down the street. I was right down the street. What if, what if I was just standing by the donations, like giving some stuff, and I noticed somebody giving some painting, and I'd like talk to the person into giving them to me instead? We would ask you not to come back. No, I'm just kidding. Don't <laughs> put that. I love how Shannon is acting like she's like this art connoisseur right now. <laughs> like, oh, I would be able to recognize like Picasso. And What about the coolest thing you saw at a regular Goodwill store? When I first started, so it's been about three years ago, I was working in the Kent location, sorting donations, and I found a pair of Christian Louboutins. <gasps> and I, oh, it, no. I was so excited. Oh. So I sent a picture to our projects manager, Michelle, and she burst my bubble because they were fake. Oh, but I was so excited. Do you have any tips for someone coming to your stores who would be shopping for something where the quantities are limited, like maternity or plus size or men's or kids? Shop often because you're going to, you, you never know what you're going to find at a Goodwill. Um, I think that shopping often is the key to finding what you're looking for. Especially since you're putting out stuff as much as you said you were yeah. earlier. Like, what you say, every 15 minutes or so? We, we try every 15 to 30 minutes. Either a, a wares cart or a textile rack will come out. That's key right there. I'm telling you, like, ever since you said that, I'm having a hard time sitting here. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> thinking of, like, the new racks coming out in there, and we're just sitting in here talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Back, just real quick, about the color tagging system. Yes. So we talked about this in the last episode about how when the, tar- the color that's half off that week, yes. or is it for a week? It is. And <laughs> how a lot of times we get so frustrated because we can't find a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. that is that color. Yes. And is it true it's because you're trying to phase that out, right? So yes, we have to take the oldest stuff off of the mm-hmm. floor in order to get new product on. The best time to shop the half price color is Friday and Saturday because the color changes on Friday. Oh. Yes. Yeah, this is... So oh. Friday and Saturday is How when we, you're going to get the best pick. So the, the sale just started on a Friday. Yes. And we're here right now. Yes. Get out of town. <laughs> this is so good. And I think it's a myth that we don't want to sell you the half price color. Yeah. So yeah. that's a myth. It, yeah. we, we don't... We don't purposely pull <laughs> half-price colored items. We've totally said that before, but then we realize it's not you. It's other thrift stores. Okay. Oh. No, I totally do not think it's Goodwill because you guys are legitimately trying to get it off the floor. You don't want it on your floor. You want but it I don't, off the... I want to sell it, too. Right. I don't want it to go into right. the salvage stream, although we do have a chance at the outlet before salvage. How do you feel about resellers? I love them. I love them. Oh, that's good. That's I don't. Good. I don't care why you're buying it. I just want you to buy it. Right. I, I've seen recently. Um, this went around on Instagram, so I don't know how viable it is. But there was a sign that said, "No resellers allowed at a store." Oh my! What? Who cares who buys your stuff? So what I like to do is when I see someone has a full cart, 
and they're literally looking through the labels, that's kind of a, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. Well, not a red flag, but a flag that they're a reseller. An indicator, right. I go talk to them and I say, what are you looking for? And they're, they're always kind of, you know, standoffish because they think that that's what we're going to up price. And I say, no, that's not the reason I'm asking. I'm asking because I want us to know the brands that resellers are looking for to make sure we put them on the sales floor. Uh-huh. I don't want us to, I don't want us to not have those items on the sales floor. Uh, what I'm hearing right now is you want a partnership with these people, Heck which is yeah. great. <laughs> Heck yeah. This is awesome. I, that's so refreshing to hear. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to haggle pricing because that is not something that we're going to do. Right. But absolutely, if if you know the brands that you're looking for, I would I would love to know because that, that helps us identify putting it out to the sales floor as well. That's really cool. It is. It's so interesting to me, your followers and the way they view a thrifted piece of furniture versus the way customers coming into our retail locations view thrifted items. Mm -hmm. Because we had this really cool Victorian sofa at our State Road location, and we got some complaints about the pricing. But then when you put it on your site, your followers were just over the moon and thought it was a fantastic piece of furniture with a fantastic price. That's just very interesting to me. Not all thrifters are created equal. True. (laughs) I've been finding. Mm -hmm. I think there are so many different levels and types. You have like the diehard collector, thrifter who's been thrifting for decades. And then now we have this new wave, which I think a lot of my followers fall into this category. They love the idea of it. They love having something unique. They love having something that will help a good cause. Thrifter does not look the same anymore as they did, you know, even a decade ago. We have so many different kinds. And are you seeing new faces coming into your stores now? All the time. We, we really do. We, we do see a lot more college-aged mm-hmm. people coming in and, and thrifting versus going to big box retailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does Goodwill feel about the impact of fast fashion right now? So like brands like H&M, Forever 21, Zara, things like that. Because I feel like not just at Goodwill, at all thrift stores now, I'm just seeing so much fast fashion. And again, it's because that happens at the top. When right. we are consuming insane amounts of clothing that is lasting a season to a year they end up at goodwill they, a lot of them end up at the outlets mm-hmm. um my argument is i would much rather buy a fast fashion item secondhand than right. retail but how, how do you feel about that about well, those kinds of donations it does give us the opportunity to i guess have the have the stock for people that don't want to mm-hmm. shop at big box retailers or at h&m or forever 21 we do see a lot of it coming in especially forever 21 that I guess I I don't know really how how to feel about it. It always concerns me that people are buying just to just to buy and to get rid of mm-hmm. because unfortunately some of it does end up in landfills. But with services like ours, it also allows us to offer that product at a lower price. So maybe if you can't afford to shop at H&M or Forever 21, that you can come in and, and get those items. It, it is breathing new life into, yeah. into the item. Yeah. Can I bust a, a myth? Yes. So. Ooh, drama. <laughs> myth or fact. Uh, employees of Goodwill get all the good stuff before customers do. 
That is a myth. Oh. So we have very specific set guidelines for when employees are allowed to purchase. It has to be on the sales floor before an employee can buy it for a specific amount of time. We are not allowed to shop out of the back room. We are not allowed to save things. We're not allowed to hide them. We're not allowed to call mom and say, hey, come mm -hmm. buy this for me. We're not allowed to hand our credit card to <laughs> the coworker that just got off work and say, hey, go get me that shirt. We're not allowed to do that. Oh, I'd have such a hard time. I'd be trying to hide chairs inside of clothes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. That's really cool. Because, again, we want to be good stewards of the donations and make sure that our customers get first pick at the items. That's awesome. But I feel bad for your, for your workers. <laughs> I mean, your FOMO levels must be like – all-time oh. high. <laughs> <laughs> What's FOMO mean? Fear of missing out. Oh. <laughs> thrift, thrift FOMO is real. Like, that's when you... Oh, I get it sometimes, oh, I get it. too. I walk through the store. Yeah. Oh. Sucks. Now, where I don't buy a lot of clothing, I will buy stuff for the house. Because, oh, yeah. again, I'm, you know, a, a pot for cooking corn is a pot for cooking corn. I would rather buy it from... Uh, and, and keep it out of a landfill you know what I mean yeah. so and I also like to I like to paint things that we get in and and so I will I'll purchase that kind of stuff okay myth or fact your furniture has bed bugs <gasps> that is absolutely a myth <laughs> absolutely oh my gosh we treat anything that has stuffing with Sterifab it's the same chemical that the um, exterminators use and so if we get a coat with stuffing, we will treat it with Sterifab. And we spend a lot of money on, on treating items. And we also have regular inspections uh, from the exterminators in all of our locations. We have a protocol that if, if anybody does see any type of a pest, even if it's a flea, uh, we have a, a very specific protocol on what we do. But we do our absolute best to spray our items um, inside and outside. We flip sofas upside down and, and spray underneath of them and all sides of pillows. So it's definitely a myth. I'm happy to hear that, but I feel like I already knew that. That's really for our newbie thrifters that didn't know, don't you think? Oh, I get this question. I've been getting this question for a decade. Yeah. And I never really know how to answer it because it's like it's always been – intuitive to me I'm like I just know that they don't right you know right. what I mean and like I know how to clean my stuff I know what to look for like when I'm shopping for a chair like a soft chair mm -hmm. or sofa or something I know how to uh, uh, inspect it before I buy it right. I knew there was a process and I knew that those red tags that you put on things are they are they red They're or yellow yellow, yellow tags mm -hmm. T tells me that this thing has been disinfected. Yes. But I never really knew how to articulate what the actual process was in the back. Yeah. So this is just great now that I can help spread the word. Yeah. And once you've inspected it, it's that that's the second inspection because we inspect everything that comes in as well. So when we're looking through clothing, when we're looking through books, we're, you know, we're looking for signs. We train all of our team members on signs of of bed bugs and we don't want to put them out into the community. So right. I, that would be awful. That would not be a good community partner, right? Yeah. So we absolutely do 
we do inspections and then we treat items and our team team members are trained so they know what to look for everybody assumes everything is a bed bug and it it just isn't Dee, what's your favorite goodwill store oh boy i would say my favorite goodwill store that's tough i don't know that that's a fair question I know. <laughs> top three one of my favorites is definitely brunswick there's such a wonderful variety in Brunswick. The quality of textiles that they get is just absolutely phenomenal. It is such a well-organized and clean store, and it's a really big store. Have we ever been to Brunswick? No, I think we're going soon, ASAP. Yeah, you need to go to Brunswick if you haven't been. It's it's a great, great store. I also think that um, the State Road store is a great store. Love State Road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not huge. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's pretty easy to shop. The store manager there, Ashley, does a phenomenal job of making sure that it's clean, yep. that it is inviting. She inspects everything and makes sure that the quality is great. So I, I really like State Road. And that's my, you know, I live in that community too. So yeah. I like that store. Yeah. yeah, we both love State Road. Good. What store, if any, has the best furniture? I get this question all the time because people who don't thrift a lot feel more comfortable starting with furniture because, you know, it's easy to buy a chair or an end table. So I think that goes back to your point about how a lot of people respond to some of the things that I post at Goodwill. Right. I I think a lot of times the furniture pieces are just a no-brainer. I could get a truck and get a chair. You know what I mean? Right. I don't have to dig through racks and racks of clothing. So that's a question I get all the time. Northfield. Hands down Northfield. Oh, my gosh. I have found some really, really cool vintage furniture at Northfield. Yeah. Mm. They get a lot of really nice solid wood pieces. Nice furniture like sofas and, and chairs. Yeah, I, Northfield hands down. Now, if we do find furniture, can we purchase it and then come back? Yes. And how, what's your time period? So our time period is 24 hours, okay. but we're always willing to work with customers if, if they're having a hard time getting a truck and they just call us and say, I need an extra day, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. How was your first podcast, Dee Dee? It was fun. <laughs> I was really nervous. Oh, you did a wonderful job. I didn't hear any nervousness. Thank you. Yeah. Yay. That's fun. Thanks for listening to Allow Us to Rethrift Reduce Ourselves. For episode show notes, go to dinasdays.com slash podcast. 